Lessons from Sweet Valley, the podcast where we re-examine the Sweet Valley High series one book at a time and determine what lessons, if any, we can learn from them. My name is Kat Thomas, and today we are discussing Book 19, Showdown. My guest today is a Sweet Valley fan from Texas. She has a background in social work, and her goal is to go back to school for library science to be a children or youth librarian. Welcome, Kelsey Cox. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And you had reached out to me on the Lessons from Sweet Valley Instagram page, which was great. And I encourage anyone else to do the same because it's so fun to talk to people who are fans of the series growing up. So tell me your history with the series. I want to say I found some of them at like a thrift store or something in elementary school. I was reading these in elementary school. Wow. <laughs> and middle school. Yeah. <laughs> I was a voracious reader. Like I just, I couldn't help myself, but I found a couple of them at a thrift store and then they just kept popping up at the thrift stores that I went to. So I just kept buying them. Yeah. So I did not read them in any kind of order. You really can start anywhere in this series Well, and it's not like there's any character development whatsoever. Right. So it's like first (laughs) chapter. dealing with the same handful of people and doing the exact same things as they always do. (laughs) Yes. The first chapter, they're going to be like, twins, identical. It's like they break it all down. Perfect size six, which (laughs) can we talk about how that is not real? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean... Do you recall what about the Sweet Valley books you enjoyed so much when you were reading them? So I knew that it wasn't real and that a lot of it wasn't real. But at the same time, I was a kid. So it was one of those things that like I was thinking about what my high school experience was going to be like. And I didn't think people were going to get kidnapped every (laughs) other week or anything like that. But it was one of those things that I the kind of social etiquette and like the excitement the parties and like being boy crazy those are things that I kind of expected to happen in high school that part of it was so exciting I mean all of it was exciting but like that specifically seemed more real to me and I was like oh this is what I have to look forward to yeah whenever I get a little bit older and let me tell you I was disappointed (laughs) yeah what kind of high school did you go to So my freshman year of high school, I had actually gone to a Christian school Mm -hmm. uh, from fifth to ninth grade. And so I started going to public school my sophomore year, and it was definitely a culture shock. Oh, my gosh. That's Uh, tough to come in. Yeah. And it was not like Sweet Valley at all. (laughs) And also, Sweet Valley is very much, you know, especially Jessica is very boy crazy, everything has to do with who's dating who and yada, yada, yada. And I am hella gay. And so (laughs) I get to high school and I'm just kind of like, I don't care about any of these boys. (laughs) I was so confused. Oh oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it was just nothing like my high school experience. I was so quiet. I had like four friends and they were all I needed. And like when I was a kid, I thought, yeah, I'm not like Jessica or Elizabeth as much as I thought I was. (laughs) Even reading it now, I'm just kind of like, it's not awesome to identify with either of them. It's true. I mean, it's probably a good thing if you don't identify with them. (laughs) Yeah, I was excited about this book 
because it has a great cover. It's called Showdown. It's Lila and Jessica giving each other the complete stare down. I was like looking forward to seeing these two titans go at it. Jessica mm-hmm. versus Lila. And there was a little bit in the previous book that I will bring up. I don't think you needed to hear it, but they talk about when Lila meets this mystery man for the first time. And mm-hmm. she meets him when she is going to visit her father and there's a building being built across the street there's a construction site and she noticed it yes so yeah you're like where's this guy come from yes so this this is the background the missing piece thank you i appreciate that (laughs) i was legit wondering but i i didn't notate that down because i was like oh whatever it's not important they might not even brought it up at all and that would be on brand for these absolutely so it's like (laughs) not necessary but i'll give you a little bit of the background so yeah so she notices this good looking guy he's a little bit younger than the rest of the construction workers he just looks a little different i'm gonna read you the description because i thought it was um pretty interesting his honey brown sun lightened hair peeked out from under his work hat and the muscles in his strong arms rippled as he lifted the heavy bags (laughs) whoa whoa wow yeah so they end up talking and she has a feeling about this guy he mentions that he used to go sailing off the south of france which is interesting you know like okay and then he has then also that he has a boat and so she's intrigued i'm into this guy i'm i'm curious i want to know more about him even if he is this construction worker which would normally not be in her wheelhouse kelsey let me just say that oh i yeah so lila is talking to jessica about this mystery guy and it piques her interest and that's that's where we leave the last book so we open this one with Jessica talking to Elizabeth about this mystery guy and how she's excited to meet him. She's already planning basically on stealing him away from Lila. Yeah, which was the very first thing I wrote down. I'm just like, why are they even friends? <laughs> Jessica does not know anything about girl code because she's just like, <laughs> there's no thought about, oh, Lila likes this guy. I'm, I should defer. They already have this established relationship. I haven't even met this guy. <laughs> and Liz questions her about it. She says, what about Lila? Elizabeth finished loading the dishwasher and she's your friend and she met him first. And then Jessica just says, and I'll beat him next. <laughs> All righty then. Mean, she's breaking the girl code. Breaking it. You talked about parties, Kelsey. (laughs) We go to Lila's party next. There's really no reason for this party other than an excuse for her to hang out with Jack. I think. Well, I mean, that's as good an excuse as any, I guess. It's true. Yeah, why not? And I gotta say, Lila's parties, she does seem to include everyone. Winston's there, the class clown, Olivia was like strumming her guitar. I did see some names from previous books that you have talked about with your guests. And I was like, oh, I'm glad they're doing well. Yeah. (laughs) It felt very much like a gang's all here moment at Lila's party. (laughs) Yeah. Which that's way more than I would have given her credit for before. So good on Lila. I agree. I mean, (laughs) she also may have just wanted it to look like she had a lot of friends to Jack. Good on life. <laughs> Let's just, uh, let's I'm, just give I'm her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. 
I'm just going to ignore that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can ignore it. We could get, I, we, we should throw them a bone when we can, because there's not a lot of opportunities for that. There really aren't. Yeah. I love when they go into descriptions of random things. And I wrote down, they talked about the food that was there. And it was like, trays were piled high with fresh berries, grapes, cherries, and pieces of melon and pineapple. Delicate cakes and pastries were arranged on the table too, along with imported cheeses, several different kinds of crackers, cold cuts, chips, raw vegetables and a number of dips i was like <laughs> i i don't remember going to any parties like that in high school i don't know such a letdown no olympic size pools no assortment of dips at party <laughs> where's my dips <laughs> so everyone's at the party and jessica is very distracted by waiting for jack to show up this guy that she's never met and is just ready to steal away from her quote-unquote best friend's Oh my god, I cannot with Jessica. <laughs> it's not a great look. And Jack shows up. This is probably one of my favorite moments when Jack shows up and Jessica's just trying so hard to get between him and Lila. And there's this great thing where they talk about being in the pool together and it says, as if in a water-bound game of musical chairs, Lila swam between the two of them. You can yeah. just picture this comedy of errors with this <laughs> No, I could just hear the da 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 da. It's like <laughs> elbows music. are flying in the. <laughs> Jessica does finally get her moment with Jack. Lila wants to give a tour to show Jack the gym because you know, home gym. Oh, that's right. She's like, here's where I work on my fitness. <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica's like, oh, I want to see that too. And Lila's like, oh. <laughs> then the phone rings and. <laughs> And Lila says something like, uh, yeah, these are these, these lines that do not age well. She says, oh, it's the servant's day off, too. I guess I have to answer that. I'm like, oh, that does yep. not age. <laughs> uh, I cringe so hard. No, just no. <laughs> I mean, I have to say I was surprised considering how wealthy the Fowlers are that they wouldn't have at least a seven day a week rotating staff. Yeah, especially right? if there's a party going on. You know, like, who's tending to that buffet? We know it's not Lila. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I'm like, there was no adult there to answer the phone? What is happening at this house? Who did put this together? <laughs> but Jessica was saved by the phone call. That's how she got her moment. And she was pretty forward with Jack in this moment, which I feel like is not always the case for Jessica. Well, in this case, she was directly competing against Lila. So she had to be more aggressive to get his attention and to get his number. I agree. Yep. She had like a deadline too. It's like Lila was going to come back any moment after that phone call. She pulls kind of a cool move though, I got to say, with she didn't have a pen. So she, <laughs> so she yeah, explain this. This is actually kind of a baller move, I got to say. <laughs> so if I remember correctly, there were just like some matches laying around, right? So she lights a match and then puts it out and then uses the put out match to write down her number on the matchbox. Yes. I mean, Which, I mean, I will give her credit for that. I will. <laughs> a plus. It's like MacGyver in the moment. She had a mission and she was going to make it work. It's like, <laughs> it's pretty smooth. I will give her, I will give her props for creativity. Yeah. Like there, there's no way any real person would have thought she's like blowing that. it out too. She's probably like, like you know she know you know she did oh it with style God, yes. you know she did it with style so good so good and jack seems open to this idea of going out with jessica he's like yeah i'll call you sure sure 
And Jessica's like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. She's in. <laughs> well, I guess I, we should talk about Jack does open up to Lila in a way about his identity. After the party, it's just the two of them and they're talking. And he mentions a couple things. He says he left home a year ago. His father was a very important, powerful man and was trying to control every aspect of his life. Yeah. And he he wants to make it on his own, Kelsey. And Lila is so happy about this. She's like, he's actually rich, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is the only way he would be worth my time. (laughs) 100%. So Lila's pumped. When Jack tells Lila all of this, He's like, don't tell anyone. You have to promise not to tell anyone. My dad is a very important person and he can't find out that I'm here. And of course, Lila cannot not tell anyone. So (laughs) she calls Kara and I'm like, oh, this is going to go well. (laughs) And then, of course, Kara tells Jessica, Jessica tells Elizabeth. And then by the next day, the whole school is wondering who is Jack. Well, and Lila, too, whenever the next day at school, everyone knows she is pissed at so Kara pissed. and at Jessica because obviously Jessica was throwing herself at Jack at the party and she knows Kara told someone, if not everyone, about Jack's situation. So one thing I wanted to draw attention to that I really enjoyed, uh, Lila calls Jessica Benedict Arnold Wakefield <laughs> <laughs> and Kara the mouth. <laughs> Sick burn. That was just kind of like. <laughs> oh, well, I guess we should mention something else that happened that Lila is also pissed off about was that her father is very upset with her because the, oh, yeah. the pool was clogged, a vase was broken, and his gold cufflinks and tie clips have disappeared from. Uh-huh. And we know it wasn't the servants because they were not there. So you can't <laughs> blame it. <laughs> surface she's not in a good mood but she is supposed to see jack on friday so that's great but jessica does get a call from jack though from the matchbook and (laughs) they plan a date on wednesday so it's before the lila date and she's like really excited she refers to him as the most gorgeous charming mysteriously exciting guy in the world which this whole, like, have you met every guy in the world? How do you know? I know. <laughs> Jessica and Jack go for a walk on the beach. And Jack talks a little bit about how he wants to be independent. And this is my favorite iteration of Jessica. I have called her feminist Jessica. Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Because she sees that Jack really values hard work and independence and sweat and Jessica's like okay I can I can do that I cannot be that person yeah and then she acts like she's always been that way <laughs> oh yeah of course <laughs> Jack names a star after Jessica which is <laughs> the North Star the North Star yeah she's like but Jack that's the North Star and he's like not to me it's not not any longer from now on that star is called Jessica and every time I look at it I'll think about you in this wonderful evening but she loves this. She is like, oh, Jessica's like, oh, I am in love. She's all in. She loves it. So the next day, you know, the next day when she's with Lila, she says she doesn't want to talk to anyone about her date with Jack until Lila is out of the picture. And I wasn't sure, like, why that was. This is where I'm confused about the communication between Lila and Jessica. 
Like, yeah, Lila doesn't know. very foreboding. It's just like, till she's out of the picture. Yeah. Like, are you, did you put out a hit on her? Like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, she goes through so many mental gymnastics with Elizabeth. Like, why it's okay that she's going out with Jack, even though Lila already called dibs or whatever. My thought process was that it was just because basically he was going to go on this pity date with Lila and she wanted that to be done before she and Jack were like an official thing. Yeah. And I don't think it's anything because she's like super nice or whatever and doesn't want Lila to feel bad. I just don't think that she would want anyone to know that she was sharing his attention with anyone else. Yep. I think that's it. Absolutely. Because she does think that. (laughs) this date that Lila's going to go on on Friday is just pity date because she invited him to the party and it's just a formality. And, you know, once that's over, it's, it's over. So. Yeah. It's going to be all about her. Yep. She was convinced Jack would be hers by the weekend, mm-hmm. but Monday comes around and Lila is like, she's on cloud nine on Monday. She's like, I saw Jack on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And Jessica's just, she's crushed. Which you don't see Jessica crushed a lot in these books. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like, I kind of support it. (laughs) Support her being bummed or support the crushing of Jessica? (laughs) Well, she needs to be taken down a peg or two. Oh, 100%. Even in this moment, she doesn't decide to bring Lila down. Like, she could have been like, well, he was with me on Wednesday, but she didn't. And I thought that was interesting well, that also would have been embarrassing for her, too, though, because good she point. had Wednesday with Jack, but Lila had all weekend. That's, that's a good point. So, like, it, she wouldn't have had a leg to stand on if she was like, oh, yeah, well, he spent Wednesday with me, but it was only Wednesday for however many hours after yeah. school yeah, instead of all weekend. Right. But she doesn't give up. She still wants to see if she can make this happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, I got four more days until he sees Lila again. And and they do go on a second date, Jack and Jessica. So Jack is dating both these women. And Jessica knows that they're both dating him, but Lila doesn't. Correct. But she does bring it up. Jessica does bring it up to Jack when they're at Miller's Point after seeing Help, which I thought was an interesting Beatles reference. Yeah. <laughs> feminist jessica she's like i'll pay for the popcorn <laughs> i'm like you go yeah, the first time jessica. in her life she's ever tried to pay for anything she's like i and like to buy so terribly <laughs> yes but then when she goes to try to get her money she can't find her money her money's gone i was like okay were you suspecting something about jack at this point no I was suspecting Jack at this point because even when we first meet him at the party, he has that weird interaction with Nicholas. Yeah, talk about that. I forgot we didn't mention that. Yeah. So uh, Lila's taking him around the party and introducing him to everyone. And she introduces him to Nicholas. And Nicholas is just like, I feel like I've seen you somewhere before. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, did you do this or that? Or, you know, did you grow up here on the East Coast? Or And he's just like, nope, nope, nope. Never seen you before in my life. Don't yeah. know what you're talking about. And is acting really shady about it. Yes. And I even like wrote down in my note, I'm like foreshadowing like on page 12 or something like that. And I'm just like, okay, something's up with this guy. Yeah. Jack is shady. Yes. I don't know how exactly, but yeah, I know who's shady. Yeah. 
At Miller's point later that night, Jessica does bring up the thing about Lila and she kind of confronts him about it. And he gets a little angry first and then he kind of has this moment where he like shakes his head and then he, this look of calm comes over him. It's legit like you can see inner demons just like yes. vying for control of his body or something. And Jessica kind of says she feels a little nervous for a second. There are several times in this book where he does that weird change and his whole demeanor is like angry or deceitful. And she'll just be like, oh, no, for a split second. But then he'll like 180 again and be back to normal. And she's like, oh, OK. Yeah. And she like goes along with it. And you're back. like, Jessica, you're smarter than this. Oh. <laughs> And he does give her some excuses. He's like, Lyle and I went out Friday to thank her for inviting me to the party. Saturday, Lyle invited me to go on her sailfish as a friend. And Sunday, he saw her at the mall and they had lunch together. So Jessica's like, she's like, okay, fine. I buy it. And Jack's like, Friday, I'm going to let her know that it's over between me and Lila. We're just friends. And, and, then, yeah, and then they're going to go public with their relationship. Yes. <laughs> and... Immediately the next chapter, we see Jack and Lila hanging out, drinking wine (laughs) on their lawn, like on the Fowler Crest lawn. And I just wrote down some of the lines that Jack said. He says, I think I'm falling in love with you. This wine is almost as exquisite as you are, but not quite. I want to be with you forever. Someday I want you to be my wife. I'm like, whoa. So Jack's not, he's not quite breaking it off like he told Jessica he was going to. I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, and also Lila just runs with it. Oh. Like, it, well, both of them kind of do. He said, someday I want you to be my wife. And she's like, oh my God, we're engaged. Oh yeah, they're engaged. And I was like, are you though? I mean, Jack, he's a smart cookie. I got to say, because he tells Lila, he's like, you know, we can't leak this to the press. And Lila but just. Like, my dad will find me. Yes. Yes, he's like, the press cannot know. And oh, Lila just loves this. This idea of like this secret where like the press would be interested in this. I'm like, Jack knows how to, he really knows how to work it with these two. Yeah, well, because he knows exactly what her priorities are. Because like she doesn't just like him because he's this great person or something. Mm-hmm. She likes him because she thinks that he's secretly rich and mm-hmm. equal to her in that way. Yep. And good looking. Like, those are the only two things that she needs to be like, oh, this is the one for me. Yep, absolutely. And then she names a star after her. The same star, Kelsey. (laughs) It's the North slash Jessica slash Lila star now. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I'm just like, this star has an excessive amount of names. Yeah, so Lila is engaged to Jack, you know, kind of engaged. Sort yeah, of. She's, she thinks she's engaged, she thinks she's whether engaged. she is or not. Yes. Who knows? Lila, and they're just like, we're going to celebrate tomorrow. Yes. We're going to like come to my apartment tomorrow. We'll celebrate just the two of us. Yep. And But Lila gets sick, though. Lila wakes up the next day. She's like so sick. She has to cancel her date with Jack and and so then, you know, Jessica's like, I got a call from Jack. It's like, Jack's like, backup plan. <laughs> like, Damn, Which if she knew would be so embarrassing for her. So embarrassing. She would be mortified. So 
Jack and Jessica go to Guido's, my favorite pizza place, Guido's. Um, and I love, before she goes, though, I just have to like call out Jessica's hypocrisy. You know, she's talking to Liz and she's saying how great Jack is. And she says, every penny he spends is a penny he earns with his own hands, just like plain old ordinary people. Isn't that noble? And I was like, what about all of these people that you have just like, totally ripped to shreds who you know actually have to work for a living like poor roger barrett poor uh trisha martin and betsy martin now it's noble because he's rich and he chooses to do this oh i can't with jessica i can't yeah like the double standard is so real oh my god (laughs) Well, and even with Lila, too, Lila's is more internal, but her whole thing is just like, oh, it's so impressive. He wants to make it on his own. It will be so impressive to my father, you know, when he eventually goes back to his family and is rich again. It'll be really impressive to my dad (laughs) that he wanted to make it on his own. Yes. And it's like, oh, my God, like, stop. It's so bad. Um, Nicholas shows up at Guido's with a friend. His friend David. Jessica wants to go say hi or whatever, which is interesting to me because she doesn't want to be public with their relationship yet. Good point. So she just like goes to say hi or whatever. And he's just like, I'll meet you at the car. I'm going to go pay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I like this description of his look. It's like his face twisted into the strangest grimace. To Jessica, it seemed like a combination of fear and utter hatred. I was like, ooh. I don't- yeah, he says, he's like, oh, I know David. He's like, I he know him from the East Coast. I don't want my dad to find out that I'm here, basically. That's what he, oh, that's, that's right. That's, right. that's okay. what he said about David. And he's like, let's go back to my place. And she's like, like, yeah, that checks out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I'm not going to question that. Why would I? So they go back to his place. And while this is happening, we get a little moment with Nicholas and David and David is like, oh, my gosh, I know this guy. And he's like, oh, no, this is not good. And so we find out the real story, finally, about Jack. And David remembered him because he had robbed a girl that he was dating at knife point and was expelled from prep school, which is like, whoa. Yeah, that's not great. Not great. (laughs) Not great. He's known for having a little bit of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality, which came from trauma his whole family they were killed in a boating accident and like he started escaping into his own fantasy world kind of at this time where his sister was still alive and he could be anything that he wanted to be and and i mean this is quite tragic this is sad yeah and he went to go live with his uncle and then his uncle sent him away to prep school and that just allowed him to indulge in this fantasy more with his friends Mm -hmm. yeah he was able to create this whole fantasy about being this rich prep school kid yeah and he was bigger and better than everyone else there yes yes and then he started doing drugs and then Mm -hmm. stealing to pay for the drugs so Mm -hmm. I was just like, why was he not in some kind of therapy? I don't know. I, I well, felt was bad for this therapy as big of a thing in the 80s as Probably it is now? <laughs> Probably not. Because I know, it's like, especially with I millennials know. and, like, in Gen Z and stuff, everyone go- is going to therapy and every <laughs> Like, yes. it seems like everyone's going to therapy. It's true. And it's just kind of like, well, my therapist taught me, or here's what I learned in therapy. But in the 80s, I don't know that therapy was such a you such sh- a common thing i think you're so right and i bet especially with like young boys teenagers it's like 
the idea of showing emotion. I mean, that's something that's mm-hmm. still tough for teenage boys. And so oh, I, I could sure. only imagine it would be even worse in the 80s. It's just like toughen up. You have to be the man, go to prep school and do your thing. And figure it out. Figure <laughs> it out, Jack. With trauma that intense at such a young age, like it, I mean, without help, like, how do you handle that by yourself? Like, you do exactly what Jack did. Yes. It's like he escaped into his own fantasy world. Like, he literally disassociated from reality and and created his own world, which, you know. Yeah, whether it was by his stories or whether it was with drugs, like, he dealt in the only way that he really knew how. Yeah. Poor guy. So David and Nicholas are like, oh, we need to find Jessica. She could be in trouble. And so they go to find Elizabeth first. And I don't know why they didn't tell the parents and be like, someone needs to call the police or something. I don't know. I was just like, (laughs) they're like doing this all on their own, like some super sleuth team. I'm like, this is kind of serious. What's going on? Which again is on brand. Exactly. Exactly. They're trying to find his address, Jack's address, and they get a hold of Lila. And Lila is sick in bed, and Elizabeth has to break it to Lila that Jessica had been seeing Jack. And at first, Lila is super mad. She's like, the traitor. How could she? And then Elizabeth, like, like, okay, shut up for a second. Be mad, but shut up (laughs) and give me the interest. Yes. She kind of like gives, she like gives the rundown real quick about who Jack is. And then Lila, it's like when Lila spoke again, her voice was low and calm, but it was like the lull before a raging storm. Elizabeth, Jack lives at 38 Vine Street. And then I was just like, what is Lila's state of mind right now? You know, that's the last we hear from her in the entire book and i'm like i don't know what do you think's going on in her head scared i didn't even realize that i would think i don't know i don't know either i wish they would like give us more in these moments like i really am curious what was she going through in that moment like that was her fiance (laughs) or something (laughs) (laughs) well and one thing that i didn't remember about the books is i thought it was just told from the points of view of like Elizabeth and Jessica Uh, I didn't realize that we were going to get into actually Lila's point of view which I did kind of appreciate mm -hmm. being able to know what actually like what her relationship with Jack was like Mm -hmm. and you know directly instead of just hearing it at school the next day or whatever it's like she wasn't just imagining this like how Jack said oh we just did this we're just friends it's like clearly there was more going on there uh, the climax of this book, which was quite, took quite the turn, I gotta say, <laughs> was like, whoa, Jessica and Jack are at his apartment and Jessica's trying to push him a little bit more for information and it's not happening and Jessica's getting annoyed finally, like, who is this guy? And so she goes to the bathroom and she's like, I'm gonna find out, like, there's gotta be something in this bathroom for me to find out who this guy is. Yeah, which also, what are you going to find in a bathroom other than maybe medication? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, really, that's the only thing is prescriptions. But, (laughs) and she does sort of find some sort of. (laughs) Yeah, she finds some kind of medicine. Yeah, so there's like some kind of box underneath the sink and she opens it. And it's like, there was quite the uh, assortment of drug paraphernalia, (laughs) which I don't think we've seen so far. (laughs) I (laughs) know. 
Yeah, there were pills of all different colors and sizes, a jar of whitish powder, a plastic bag full of marijuana, pipes, rolling papers, and the various other accessories that Jessica couldn't even begin to identify. I was like, well, it was just so funny because it's almost like they're trying to describe something so everyone, regardless of your knowledge of drugs, <laughs> like it's like all of the things that you think when you think of what drugs might look this like is it's drugs. Like, he's yeah. like he's not addicted to any one thing. It's all of them at the same time. <laughs> yes. Like he's just he has just as much of a pill problem as like weed or cocaine. Yes, or something. right. He does not discriminate. It's like, like it's all the same. <laughs> and Jessica does. I mean, something that you know, whatever. She's a teenager, and I get it, but. She she just storms out and confronts him right in that moment. I mean, I feel like that's a moment where you just, you put it away and you, you slowly creep out. Yes, he's, she's smarter than this. She like, is. She storms out with the box. She's just like, what is this? I'm like, oh, this is not good. And Jack, of course, reacts. I mean, he, he basically then attacks her and starts to strangle her. I'm yeah, like, it's just like, Jack. What is your plan? <laughs> and he's like, now you're like, you can't live. I love Sweet Valley and you can't get in the way with that. He's and like, I built a life here. <laughs> I was like, dude, you've been here for like three weeks. Calm and you're down. dating two people at the same time. Like, how did you think this was going to play out? Like, I would through. think he was kind of a grifter. Like, Total grifter. Yes. From place to place, but he makes it seem like in this case that like this is his life now yeah and you know elizabeth and the crew david and nicholas burst in which once again i'm like this is a job for the police this is not (laughs) and then there's like a he's like drags jessica over and he pulls out a knife and he's got a knife to her neck i'm like whoa Whoa. And then, like, all four of them, like, take him down or whatever. Like, how big and buff and strong is he? uh, My favorite moment is when Jessica disarms Jack with a cheerleading kick. So (laughs) those skills being put to good use. Yeah, see, she is smart. She is. (laughs) There's a scene at the police station later when um, Ned Wakefield has a moment where he endorses professional counseling for Jack versus jail, which... He's not wrong. He's not so. wrong. And I think he that's great. The bigger picture. I think it, no. I appreciated that. And I, again, it was the 80s and therapy not necessarily being as big as it is now. Yes. Like, and him just being like, no, like, he legit needs help. Like, yes. Yes, he has done some really terrible things, but he might benefit more from getting help instead of oh just my gosh. being from Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was like, good job, Dad. I know. (laughs) That was a good moment for Ned. He needs the time to process his trauma. He never had the opportunity. He just created this fantasy world. Mm -hmm. Poor Jack. I hope he gets the help that he needs. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. So. (laughs) And then we'll never hear about him ever. We probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's... Was there anything else that stood out? You, oh, you mentioned you want to talk about media, the media references in this. Yeah, there were only a couple, like, and you had mentioned the Beatles one. Yes. Um, that they went to go see. But uh, the two big ones that I am a huge nerd, so I looked a little bit more into, uh, Jessica was just hanging out by the pool, like, thinking about Jack and Lila and her whole situation. And uh, she had mentioned reading this book for school. It was just in passing, but I wanted to know what it was. Yeah, uh, It's a play called Miss Julie. 
by August Strindberg. And she talks about the titular character, Miss Julie. Yeah. And she's just kind of like, Miss Julie is fascinating. Rotten, but fascinating. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. So I looked into what the actual play is. And apparently it's just like Miss Julie talking to her father's manservant for like the entire time. And the whole play is Miss Julie kind of goes back and forth between like flirting with this man and then also being like really condescending and crappy to him. And it's just really interesting that they chose this book because Jessica is very much like condescending about like, Oh, he's only a construction worker, but then, Oh, he might also be a prince and like flirting with him and like giving mixed signals to him. Interesting. The manservant is also kind of representative of people who are like trying to raise their lot in life essentially. And so it seemed like the manservant seemed representative of jack in that situation also and i was just like oh like somebody did their homework because i've never heard of the play no me Um, neither that's i love that you looked it up well and jessica calls her rotten but fascinating and i'm just like yep that's you might as well be describing yourself because you are miss julie in this situation wow that's great i love it oh man you're gonna be a great librarian (laughs) 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 i love that um so kelsey at the end of the podcast we share our lessons do you have a lesson that you have taken away from this book i actually do so (laughs) so bad decisions abounded in this book but uh the biggest takeaway that i got from it revolved around Jack and how Lila and Jessica were both interested in him for what they assumed he was going to be. Mm. Like he was going to go back to his family. He was going to be rich again and whatever, (laughs) like they were going to happily ever after. So my big takeaway was don't date someone's potential. Ooh, that's good. Because, you don't ever know that they will reach that potential. Like mm-hmm. date someone for who they are, not who you want them to be essentially. And who you think they can be. I love that. That's great. <laughs> and they were able to project so much onto him because they didn't know anything about him. So true. Yeah. So he had a lot of untapped potential just because they could throw anything. They could. They yeah. They had a lot to work with. Yeah. A lot of blank space to yep. fill in. That's a good point. I think that even fueled it even more. You're so right. Yeah. I. Hey, what's your lesson? Oh, yeah. So my lesson also has to do with Jack a little bit. I said, be cautious with mysterious strangers, you know, just be cautious with people, you know, and if anyone you're dating doesn't want to tell you their last name, I mean, it might be a little bit of a red flag. <laughs> so yeah just not judgment but just cautious just cautious yeah that's fair who is this person (laughs) kelsey where can people find you on social media yeah i'm on instagram and tiktok (laughs) oh yeah kelsey nicole 24601 and that is a les miserables 
reference for anyone wondering why I have oh, so many at the end. <laughs> I love it. I love Les Mis. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, anyone who ever gets it, I'm like, immediately we're best friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, thank you so much. I had so much fun chatting with you. We checked, ch- talked for a while, but I had a blast. <laughs> I did too. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. It was so fun. Please subscribe to the Lessons from Sweet Valley podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review. This helps other people out there find the podcast. Also, please check out our Facebook and Instagram pages to get more information on the show and to reach out if you'd like to be a future guest like Kelsey. We'll see you next time for book 20, Crash Landing. Yikes. Woo-hoo. <laughs>